and welcome to episode 5 of the Cost Per Pointcast. I'm your host, Trevor Shackles. Now, as you probably know, the show has been on quite a long break, but I'm back right before the season starts. Uh, I was away for most of August, and there hasn't really been much to discuss so far in September, so there wasn't really a point, I thought, in doing a podcast. But today, I'm going to be doing part one of an NHL season preview, and it'll be dedicated solely to the Eastern Conference today. And here to talk with me is the editor of the Leaf site, Pension Plan Puppets, Scott Wheeler. Scott, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me on, Trevor. Yeah, of course. So I brought you on today because I thought it would be interesting to get a different perspective on the outlook of the East, especially because I've only had Ottawa people come on the podcast so far in its short life. Um, so yeah, let's get uh, right into it. So I wanted to start off with the offseason in the East. And I know it's it's hard to exactly know what trades and signings are going to be good, um, just because there's so much unpredictability unpredictability there. But uh, who are some of the winners and losers from the past summer? Do you think? I think one of the biggest teams that comes to mind immediately when you're talking about the East in this off season is the Florida Panthers. Um, I, I think adding Keith Yandel and Jason Demers to their back end and that young group getting a year older and also adding James Reimer to help solidify the back end with Roberto Alongo, I think will just go a long way to making them an even better team than the first place team that won the Atlantic last year. So I think they're probably the, the biggest standout, but there were a couple other teams that made some shrewd moves. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the Taylor Hall move in New Jersey. I think right. that helps them out a lot. Uh, I think they came out the winners of, of that trade. And then, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> and then the New York Islanders. Um, I think the New York Islanders are probably that third team that I would have up there among the winners this offseason. Uh, adding Ladd helps them a lot. Uh, bringing back Parento on such a cheap deal helps them. And they were already a pretty competitive team. So I think they're going to be improved as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with Panthers. I mean, I... I've liked every single move they've made for the past, I guess, eight, ten months or so. I mean, you look at the guys they brought in. You mentioned Yandel and Demers on the back end, and they locked up so many of these guys to uh, to pretty affordable contracts. They have a uh, Barkov, Huberto, uh, I believe. Did they sign Ekblad? I can't remember. Yeah, they have Ekblad. Yeah. Okay. Up. So exactly, they have all those guys, and I don't know about you, but I honestly think they probably have the best decor in the east would you say uh yeah it's got to be up there i think washington has a, a pretty strong decor but yeah florida is definitely in that upper echelon am, among teams in the east yeah and uh i'm interested to hear your take on what you think because one of the winners i put in this category as well was tampa bay another uh florida state team just because basically the fact that they kept Steven Stamkos, I think that's just huge. And really, I think that's a win just from that one move alone. Yeah, I, th I think that's a big get. I think they have him on a pretty affordable contract. I think a lot of people were expecting him to sign for 10, 11 million. So they did well there, but they still do need to get Kucherov signed. So that's a big hurdle. They still have to cross this offseason and their offseason isn't quite done. Uh, and then you, you sort of asked me as well regarding losers. And I think it's hard to sort of pinpoint some losers. There were some teams that just sort of stayed as is. I think the Flyers would be considered a loser just by virtue of doing nothing. I don't think they're any right. better than the team that missed the playoffs last year. Uh, I didn't love the Broussard trade for Ottawa either, but uh, I, it's hard to really pinpoint losers. Obviously, losing Datsuk is a big blow to Detroit as well. So, 
Yeah, definitely. I, I had two teams listed here. You didn't mention any of them. Um, I had the Canadians and the Rangers. Canadians just because of that Subban trade. I, I, I just think that's such a horrible trade. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of strange that a couple of days later they, they got Alex Radulov, who, I mean, I actually sort of like that move. I think that's a good addition, even though it has a potential to blow up in their face. But, man, trading away probably like the second or third best defenseman in, in the whole NHL, that's that's going to hurt. And then the Rangers, I mean, just look at their, their back end. Losing Yandel after they lost Anton Stroman a couple of years ago, that's... Like Henrik Lundqvist is just gonna have his work cut out for him again this year. Yeah, they're they're gonna they put themselves in a tough spot. I think landing VC was was a good get for them, but he's such a wild card that it's hard to tell what kind of role he'll play as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, they, it was a tough off season for New York. I think they've struggled with the cap over the last couple of years, and it's really starting to catch up to them as their core ages as well. Yeah, it's kind of like they know they only have a few few years left here, and. Once Henrik is gone, that's that might be a bit depressing there. But I think it's it's clear that there hasn't really been any teams. I guess maybe besides the Panthers that are, you know, super clear like winner and loser because there's just so much, uh, so many teams who are bunched together, and it, it's honestly it's just so hard to tell. And we'll get into that later. I'm um, trying to predict the standings, but yeah, it's just a lot of different teams that are. Oh, they had a few good moves, but also a few bad ones. It's kind of hard to evaluate right now. Yeah, it's a tough spot because until camp gets going and until sort of the the health of each of these franchises shapes up, it's going to be hard to see where they're at. A team like Montreal could finish extremely highly in the standings if uh, Carey Price becomes yeah, exactly. MVP Carey Price again, but they could also... Uh, feasibly finish near the bottom of the Atlantic with how their roster is built if price isn't up to it. So it, it's hard to sort of pinpoint who, who the winners and losers are early on, but there were a couple moves that stand out, and obviously the Weber trade and the Hall trade are two of those. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's move on to the team that you cover every day, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm sure the Senators fans listening to this will be uh, thrilled. So <laughs> there seems to be quite a range of opinions from Leafs fans as to what they think will happen this year. So I'm pretty curious to see how you view their upcoming season. I think to just go back, if it weren't for Austin Matthews, I probably would have considered the Leafs one of the losers of this offseason. Um, I, I was, I did, I did, I wasn't a huge fan of of the Matt Martin signing. I wasn't a huge fan of the Roman Polak signing, and then they're putting a lot of weight on Frederick Anderson, who has now been injured to start the preseason. So. They've put themselves in a tough spot, but at the same time, the additions of Matthews and Marner and Nylander to the lineup for a full year will just add so much offense that that there's also a wild card factor there, and you don't know how good these kids really are going to be this year. And then you've got a guy like JVR, who was arguably the Leafs' best player last year, who missed half the season. So I think having him back and healthy for a full year will also have an impact. And they've just infused a lot of youth into the lineup, and I think they'll take strides. Um I, I'm, I don't think that will mean playoffs. I think they'll end up finishing higher than 30th, but I don't think they're going to uh, sort of take a leap far enough into the playoffs. We all know that Mike Babcock's a great coach, but uh, they, they still have some work cut out for them as far as developing these young guys and finding roles for some of the veterans that they acquired, uh, including guys like Milan McCulloch from Ottawa. So 
there's just it's, it's going to be a juggling act because they've acquired a lot of dead contracts and guys that they may have to play if they don't want to buy them out so uh, I anticipate they'll be outside the playoffs but not near the bottom of the east right I, I think the Leafs will definitely be an interesting team to watch I mean I'm going to watch them um, do you sort of see that you, you mentioned that you think they'll take, take a step forward do you sort of see a similar season as to what the Sabres had last year because in 2014-15 they were just abysmal obviously like trying to get Connor McDavid uh and then last year I think they ended up with I want to say 81 points or somewhere yep. in the low 80s so do you think the Leafs will sort of be in that range yeah I could see that I think they'll certainly be more competitive I don't think you'll see them dumping contracts at the deadline to be intentionally bad down the stretch uh, partly because they just don't have those kinds of easy one-year deals that they can flip like they did with Daniel Winnick and Roman Polak and others last year. So uh, I think they'll be more competitive. I think they've stabilized some areas. Adding Nikita Zaitsev could be an underrated addition. He's been excellent for Russia at the World Cup, so I think that'll help them on the back end. And uh, I, I could envision them seeing a little bit of a bump. They, I believe they had 69 points last year, so... A bump to 80, 81 points is is quite possible, but I can't envision them going much higher than that. No, I don't have them making the playoffs either, but you, you've mentioned a ton of these players. Uh, you can totally see them being part of a future core. I mean, just having those three rookies in Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander, I mean, that's just that's an incredible trio of forwards to have. And then uh, Nikita Zaitsev on D, Morgan Riley, Frederick Anderson is not... I don't think he's amazing, but he's probably about an average starter. Um, yeah. And then there's just so many more prospects they have. So, I mean, I know Ottawa fans don't want to hear this, but it's it's looking good for at least for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Yeah, they've put themselves in an incredible spot. Uh, I think up there with Arizona, they have two of the brightest young cores in the NHL. Um, I think them in Arizona to be quite honest probably do have the clear-cut two best groups of prospects in the NHL right now so it's certainly bright but they they need to stay the course here and I was kind of disappointed in the additions of Martin and Polak because that seems to diverge away from where they've been at with a skill first mentality over the last couple of years yeah it was sort of strange because for about a year or two or however long since Dubas at all have, have been in charge here basically every single move was uh i mean the analytics community just loved them all and then mm -hmm. come out with these weird moves with martin polak and it was and then also drafting a lot of overage uh chl players who didn't necessarily produce that much so it was a bit strange to see that but i mean it's hard to i guess it's hard to complain if you're a least fan with with having all these young guys all these good young guys yeah, I think there's still that honeymoon phase where people are so excited about Morgan Riley and then the right. trio of rookies that are coming in that they've kind of blocked out some of the more questionable moves the team has made. So we'll see how it shapes up in the next few years. But obviously, if Matthews can be as good as everyone expects him to be, that's going to be a huge difference maker, even if there are some mistakes along the way. Okay, so we let's let's move on to the Calder Trophy talk. So obviously, we just mentioned some of the young guys on the Leafs that could have an impact and looking around at the rookies and just in the Eastern conference, who are a few players that you think could have a big impact could maybe win the call to trophy. I think there's five or six 
young rookies coming in from the last two, three drafts that sort of come to mind, and then a couple of older players that could also sort of work their way into the conversation. Obviously, Matthews, Nylander, and Marner, if one or two of them has a great year, they're going to work their way into that conversation just off of hype from the Toronto media alone. Um, and then you've got guys like Dubois, if he makes the team in Columbus, who could be an impact player. Uh, Provorov could certainly be an impact player. Uh, Philadelphia's defense is, is quite weak, so if he makes the team, he could play big minutes. Uh, Wierenski's another one. Zach Wierenski in Columbus is a player who was just outstanding in the playoff run they had in the AHL last year and was arguably their best player before they won the whole championship. So I think if he steps in, he could be an impact player for Columbus. And then there's a pair of older guys, um, Sebastian Aho, who's hardly an older guy per se, but <laughs> not not drafted this year. Um, and he's just a remarkable player. He's a Carolina prospect who could step in and play in their top six immediately. And then obviously Jimmy VC is the other one that comes to mind in, in New York, and he could be an impact player for them if he's played in the top six. Right, no. Um, Aho was the only guy that you listed that I, I hadn't written down. But, I mean, there's always, it seems like there's always one guy that sort of comes out of nowhere. I mean, last year, I don't think people were really expecting, you know, Shane Gossespierre or Colton Pareko to really be in the Calder conversation. I mean, even even Panarin, I don't think people expected uh, what he did last year. But one of the guys you didn't list, actually, who surprisingly is still rookie eligible is Matt Murray. Yeah. I, the, the, the issue with Matt Murray is that I think – in the end, no matter how well he plays, and we all know he's capable, but no matter how well he plays, they're going to give starts to Flurry. So oh, yeah. I think the fact that he may be limited in his usage might work against him, but if he plays 50 games and, and ends up being the starter in sort of a 1A, 1B situation, and they go on to finish near the top of the East, which they very well could, then he will certainly deserve to be in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. I, I still think... Um... It looks like there are some decent guys. You mentioned Wierenski. He's probably under the radar guy in Ajo. I would still put money down that probably one of the Leafs guys will win it. Uh, there's a good chance Matthews w- wins it. I am a huge fan of Nylander, so I'm really... <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, but I'm really interested to see what they can do. And like, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be watching them, um, especially watching them closely when they play Ottawa. So at least that'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all just from his experience and and having played pro hockey for a couple of years now if Nylander is actually the one of the three of them that that leads the way in scoring. So yeah, uh, he's just so talented, and if he's got the right players around him and he's playing on the top power play unit, he's going to put up a ton of points if he plays all 82 games. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to the talking about the playoffs. So every year it seems like there's usually a few surprise teams that no one really expected uh or no one no one really gave x team a a chance and usually there's also one team that fails to live up to expectations and does not make it so give me one team that could surprise in a good way and one team that could surprise in a bad way oof um i don't know if it's fashionable to say uh (laughs) Florida is going to surprise in a good way, but I, I think they're right up there. Obviously, they won the division last year, but I think they could end up finishing at the top of the conference this year. Um, 
I, I think the Islanders could surprise. The Islanders have put together a really good team, and John Tavares is just playing so well right now at the World Cup that if, if he can put up 90 points this year, then they're going to be a com- really, really competitive team. And then as far as on the disappointing side, I think, uh, again, it's just teams that are growing older, like Detroit having lost Datsuk, and they didn't really do much this offseason. Obviously, they added Nielsen, but they're just getting older. Cronwall's getting older. Um Obviously, Mrazic might be the saving grace, but they're going to have a tough time to be really competitive this year. And then I think Boston's in the same boat. Uh, unless Tukaras can just be outstanding, I, I think they took a step back by swapping Erickson for Bacchus, and they're just they put themselves in a tough spot going forward with their cap as well. So I think Detroit and Boston could easily be disappointing. Yeah, I got to agree with you on on three of those. Um, for sure, the Panthers. I mean. I don't know if it's necessarily surprising if if they do really well and cuz I I have them in first in the Atlantic Division. I just think they did have a bit of luck last year, but it seems like they might be able to mitigate that regression by improving their their team overall. Um but as for another good team, I th- I honestly think there's a slight chance that the Sabres just come out of nowhere and make the playoffs because there's always there's always some surprise team. No one expected the Flames to make it a couple of years ago, even though that was a mirage, or you know the Avalanche a couple of years ago as well. They have the pieces. Like nobody really knows what Robin Leonard is, but when he's on his game, he can be a very good goalie, and you know he could be a fantastic starting goaltender for them. And nobody really knows their their defense is not very good, but they should be able to at least score a bit and. I honestly think they could get a wild card spot. Oof. Uh, I don't think I'm that confident in them. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm the, necessarily confident, but it could happen, I think. Yeah, the Atlantic Division is is such a wild card this year. I, I think after Florida and Tampa, any of those six teams could sort of slide up and make a play. Uh, there's just so much uncertainty with all six of those teams, yep. Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit, Toronto, Buffalo, they're it really is an incredibly weak division. It's definitely going to be the weakest division in the NHL this year, and I think there's there's a lot of room for one of them to slide up and grab a wild card spot. But uh, I think Florida and Tampa should have a pretty easy go of it. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> it was incredibly hard to pick my predictions for this, this division. It was basically I had yeah Florida, Tampa at the top, and then just honestly, I, I could see so many different permutations for this division um you mentioned before talking about the red wings and the bruins taking a step back i can totally see that especially with the red wings they just i mean the series they played against tampa in the playoffs they just did not look like a playoff team whatsoever especially if they're losing datsuk as well that does not help uh the bruins i don't really know i mean they have missed the playoffs two years in a row but i feel like they're I mean, they're sort of good enough. It's really hard to tell. And then, yeah, you're right. Like, Ottawa, Montreal, um, they're sort of in that same boat. Like, probably Montreal is the biggest wild card. They probably have the biggest range of outcomes. And then the Leafs, I don't think anyone's really predicting them to make the playoffs. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, you know, by the trade deadline they were, I don't know, six back or something and, like, sort of hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree, I think. Ottawa is going to be sort of right in the middle of the pack, I would anticipate. Um, yeah. And then the other ones sort of have this bigger range of motion where 
you could see a couple of things go wrong here and there, and it just cascades into this ugly season. But uh, a team like Ottawa, I think they've just got uh, enough pieces to be competitive, but maybe not enough to grab a wild card. Um, I think they could very well grab a wild card, but we'll see how the East sort of shakes up. Yeah. So instead of surprising teams, let's talk about some contending teams. And when I mean contending, quotation marks, I mean that it's plausible in your mind that they could win the cup. So a team like the Red Wings, like we were talking about, even though they made the playoffs, they aren't really contenders just because they won't really be good enough to compete with the truly elite teams. Uh, So in your mind, who are the true contenders that you see in the conference this year? I honestly think there's only three teams, maybe a fourth with Tampa, but I think Washington, Pittsburgh, and Florida are the only teams that yeah, that's are, are really just going to to step up and, and solidify themselves as the top teams. I don't anticipate Washington or Pittsburgh will fall back from where they were. I have Washington winning the division and Pittsburgh finishing second again. So um, I, I just think that they've put themselves in, in the upper echelon of the league and the upper echelon of the East. And then I think Florida is starting to, is going to start to work their way into that conversation. And then Tampa is more of a wild card fourth seed. Yeah. I think I'm pretty close to you, except I, it sounds like I'm maybe a bit higher on Tampa. Like I, I have Tampa finishing second in the division, but I definitely still see them as contenders. Like if they had lost Stamkos, then that would definitely hurt them. But um, yeah, I could, easily see them i mean really they, they just got to beat florida and then mm-hmm. after that i mean they got a shot so but you're right it looks like there's a pretty clear division between the top two in each division because after after pittsburgh washington in the metro it's i guess maybe islanders flyers and then just a bunch of meh teams yeah i think new jersey will take a step forward this year Uh, I think they were better than their results showed last year, and they've played a pretty sound possession game over the last few years. So I think they'll take a step forward. I don't know whether that'll mean a wild card spot, but I think they'll be competitive there with the Islanders and the Rangers and maybe the Flyers. Yeah, for sure. I could uh, definitely see Carolina taking taking a bit of a step forward as well. Yeah, them too. I think in that division, there's strength, especially compared to the Atlantic. I think columbus will be the clear-cut worst team and then after that there's a handful of teams below washington and pittsburgh yeah so basically what this means is that in may the conference finals in the east is going to be i don't know montreal versus islanders or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah carolina new jersey yeah exactly so okay let's move on so the next segment um I prepped you on what the topics will be, but this one might catch you off guard a bit. So you you weren't allowed to prep for this. So I wanted to get your instant reaction on five of these over-unders. Okay, so first one is Alex Ovechkin goals 49.5. Oh. Um, think I, I, don't th- I don't think you can take the under ever on Ovechkin. He's just defied all logic with goal scoring in this era and yeah he's sort of solidified himself as this unmatched beast who just is going to score 50 and that's just how it is so i could easily see him getting 50 goals again he'll probably only have like 25 to 30 assists to go along with it but uh yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all i'd probably bet on him to get 50 50 on the nose yeah or low 50s yeah okay yeah i i would probably take the over as well i 
I didn't really see much regression from his game last year, so that's probably a good bet. So next one, days before John Tortorella gets fired by Columbus, 50.5, or not applicable. <laughs> so that 50.5, um, that would be around like late November, I guess. Oh, I'd take the under for sure. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, th- I think they're going to be an absolute... Unless Bobrovsky can just <laughs> stand on his head... Um, I think goalies are goalies are the biggest uh, have the biggest impact on how long a coach lasts. Generally, uh, we we've seen that we've certainly seen that in Montreal with Michel Terrier, and I think it, yeah, his only hope of sticking around is probably Bobrovsky. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it won't be pretty in Columbus, and like you said, I mean they're they're pretty clearly destined to be last in that division. So you think? Okay, give me a date then for John Tortorella being fired. Honestly, I could see him gone by end of October, early wow. November if they start with like four or five wins in their first 18 games. I feel like that happens every year though with Columbus. Don't they like get off to like a one in 10 start? That's definitely happened a few times. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So man, that'd be uh pretty interesting. And then I'm sure he'll get another job somewhere. <laughs> so next one, Austin Matthews points, 54.5. Uh, I'd probably take the over on that. Uh, I think Eichel had 56 last year. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Eichel had 56 last year. And I think that's a good bar for where Matthews will be. I think Matthews is ultimately going to be a better player than Jack Eichel. But I think as a rookie, if Matthews gets the right minutes, that, yeah, mid-50s, high-50s is something that he's capable of. Yeah, fair enough. Side note, um, where do you think Marner and Nylander will be? Oof. Marner's a wild card. I think we don't even know whether Marner's going to stick around for the entire season. There's really? You think that, so? There's talk. I thought he was gonna, a lock. I would agree with you. Um, I think Marner should play the entirety of the year, and I think he should play it in a top six role, and they should just run with him, and, and he can figure out his game at, in the NHL level. Uh, but there is lots of talk that he's going to play until the World Juniors and then spend the second half of the season back in London. So if that happens, he'll take himself out of the conversation, but I think if Marner plays a full year that he's capable of putting up 40, 50 points, um, without question, I think he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think Nylander's, oof, Nylander was so good down the stretch for the Leafs, but then he tapered out and had a really weak uh, playoff run with the Marlies. Um, there were questions about whether he had mono during the playoff run, and that would have been a factor. But I think if he's as good as he's been the last two years and he continues to take steps that he could easily put up 55, 60 points as well. Hmm, interesting. I, uh, I've i never even thought of the notion that Marner could be sent back. I I would just see that as so pointless just because, I mean, he, does he really have anything else to prove in, Absolutely not. in the OHL? Did, and he played with the Marlies in the playoffs, didn't he? No, he didn't. No, he no. didn't? Oh, okay, never mind. No, he finished off the Memorial Cup run and then sort of took some time off. Yeah, I mean, but, he's... Yeah, he has absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> so I, I'd be pretty surprised if that happened. Yeah. Okay, so two more. Um, I think you sort of already answered this earlier, but let's go with it anyway. Marc-Andre Fleury starts in Pittsburgh, 40.5. So does he get more than half the starts? Uh, yeah, I would bet on I would get, I would bet on the over for that. Um I just think I think he's still a good goalie. I think he's still a oh, capable sure. 915 
NHL average goalie who can be relied upon. And I think Murray's going to run into some bumps along the way if he's given a, a tougher workload. And certainly they're going to split almost every single back-to-back, I would imagine, unless someone puts up a shutout on the first night. I think you'll see them splitting the back-to-backs throughout the year to give them some rest because they know they have two capable goalies. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think Flurry could play half the games. See, I think it's it's pretty obvious to keep him in a normal season, but when you throw in the um, expansion draft, what do you think they're going to do there then? Because, I mean, for sure Vegas would take Murray in the expansion draft if he was available. Oh, they'll absolutely have to protect uh, Murray as one of their players. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the goalies is going to be the most fascinating part of the expansion draft because a guy like James Reimer is going to be exposed. Um and yeah, certainly one of the one of the Pittsburgh players could be dispo- or exposed. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think teams like St. Louis moved on from a tandem, and teams uh, like Anaheim moved on from a tandem just because they knew they were going to lose one of them to the expansion draft. So I think you'll probably see Reimer. Almost certainly, I think you'll see Reimer go. Um, and then yeah, it w- it'll be interesting to see what happens with Pittsburgh. Yeah, because I mean, if they do protect both flurry and murray i can't remember exactly what the numbers are but they would probably have to expose a pretty decent forward i would think yeah and they've got a lot of talent so i think yeah obviously see crosby and malkin and the, the people you'd expect to see mada and uh letang protected and then after that it's going to be they're going to have some tough decisions to make yeah i mean if i was the gm i would i mean it's this is a lot easier said than done but i would have looked to trade flair in the offseason just so you can get some value from him and hopefully you can just roll with murray but i mean that's obviously that's a lot harder to do just because i mean these are people they're dealing with and he doesn't want to trade flurry flurry's been there his whole career so i understand why it's hard um and i guess it looks unlikely that he's going to be moved now yeah he would have to they would have to play him probably 60 to 70 percent of the pre-deadline games if he's going to be able to fetch them something at the deadline yeah exactly okay so last over under i have to do this one over under eric carlson norris trophy 0. 0.5 um uh, <laughs> see, it's not I, whether I would, he deserves I it would, or not whether he actually gets it exactly see i if it was a should eric carlson yes. get the norris yes <laughs> or no, i would say yes uh, or I would predict that he, he he would be deserving, but it's a matter of whether the media think he's deserving. Um, I don't know. If, if if Carlson puts up 70, 80 points again, like you, you can't not give it to him. Uh, um, but, geez, the media have made some weird choices. That's a tough one. I would probably take the over. Uh, Interesting. Just because every year I find, my, I find myself saying – how can he not win? And then somehow he doesn't. So, uh, but no, he, I, I think Eric Carlson's the best defenseman on the planet. So I, I have to take the over. I'm just going to uh, take that little segment you just said there and then put that on the promo on Twitter. Just you saying, I think Eric Carlson's the best defenseman in the league. So that'll, <laughs> that'll, I mean, I can promote you as a Leafs guy, but you said that. So you're all good. Um, but anyway, um, I saw an interesting theory on Twitter. I think it was from Adam Gretz. He was saying that one of his predictions is that 
since last year was Drew Doughty's, you know, it's his year sort of thing. He he was saying that he can totally see Shea Weber getting that same sort of effect and actually winning the Norris <laughs> in uh, Montreal, which would just be hilarious. But that that's honestly kind of conceivable for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think Weber's the kind of guy who who is undisputably good on the power play and is going to put up points that way, and he's going to put up 40, 50 points. And I think the, the fact that he's not the greatest defensive defenseman in the world gets overlooked just because he's big, and a lot of people interpret him to be a good defenseman defensively. So I think the hype train could easily run out of control with him, and I think the same thing's going to happen in Toronto if any of the three rookies play well. I think there's going to be so much hype for them to get the Calder uh, that it'll be hard to ignore. I think <laughs> the first time the Leafs make the playoffs, Mike Babcock will probably win uh, the Jack Adams. So. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and <laughs> so, he hasn't even uh, won yet, has he? No, he hasn't. That's but insane. I think the hype train, once the Leafs finally make the playoffs, will, yeah. will probably be out of control. So I think markets like Montreal and Toronto have that in their back pocket. Yeah, I I think Carlson can do as he can be as good as he was last year, or maybe even slightly worse. I think it all depends on if Ottawa makes the playoffs. If they do, I bet you he wins it because his uh, what was it, twenty fourteen fifteen year uh, when they just barely made the playoffs, he wasn't even he definitely wasn't as good as he was last year. But they made it and he won. So I mean, voters are weird. That's what uh that's what I think will happen. Yeah. I agree. So, okay, we have to end off with what a lot of people love, and we we sort of talked about it a bit in the past. So let's do some standing predictions. So let's go through each division. Uh, I guess maybe we go team through or team by team. Let's start with the Atlantic, I guess, for you. <laughs> uh, the Atlantic, I have Florida 1, Tampa 2, and then after that it's a crapshoot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had Boston 3. Montreal four, Ottawa five, Buffalo six, Toronto seven, and Detroit eight. Detroit eight. Wow. Yeah, I think quite the they're really going to struggle defensively. Uh, I think Franz Nielsen is a fine player, but I think they've downgraded there, and Zetterberg and Cronwall are just getting older, and they're probably going to run into injuries. And Mike Green isn't what he once was, and I think they're really going to struggle this year. No, I mean I could totally see that happening. So you have, sorry, you had Montreal and Boston three four. Yeah, and then uh, Ottawa five. And both of them, both of them, uh, or like Boston getting that wild card spot. If I had to bet on it, no, I would probably bet no? that both the wild cards were going to go to the Metro. Okay, I mean that's what happened last year, so that's uh could totally happen. I had uh, Tampa first, Florida second. Oh, wait, that's weird. I actually no, I'm gonna swap. I could have sworn I had Florida first. So, no, Florida first, Tampa second, Montreal third. Reluctantly, I put Ottawa fourth, but I don't know. That might change. Sabres fifth, Bruins sixth, uh, Wings seventh, Leafs eighth. But you're right. It's such a crapshoot. Like, mm-hmm. I probably change those two to eight spots – or, sorry, three to eight spots so many times. Like, the whole summer I was saying I don't think Ottawa's going to make the playoffs. But then again – Every time it looks like they shouldn't make the playoffs, they do. And then every time they have high expectations, they don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Like in 14-15, they had that huge deficit. They weren't supposed to make it. 12-13, they had 
ton of injuries. Eric Carlson was out. They still made it. year before that, they were coming off finishing sixth last in the league, and they still made it. So it sort of is strange, and I guess expectations are maybe not super low, but maybe lower than they were in, say, 2013-14. So it's conceivable they could make it, but then again, I could probably see them finishing as low as, like, seventh. Yeah, I could easily see them finishing anywhere from three to six or seven. Yeah. Okay, so I think we were eh, sort of similar in the Atlantic, but, I mean, it's pretty hard to, to be exactly the same in that one. So let's move on to the Metro. Who do you have? I have Washington 1, Pittsburgh 2, Islanders 3, New Jersey 4, Rangers 5, Carolina 6, Philadelphia 7, and Columbus 8. Hmm. Uh, first three were exactly the same. I was hoping it would be uh, the same after that. So, yeah, I had Washington, Pittsburgh, Islanders, and then I had Philly 4th, um, Carolina 5th, Rangers 6th. I don't think Rangers will have a, that great of a year. New Jersey seventh i just i mean they're sort of an okay team they'll like you said they may take a step forward but ultimately i don't think they're really a playoff team and then and then i think it's pretty easy to put columbus eighth which means Mm -hmm. we'll probably be wrong on that (laughs) yeah i think you could see columbus in the nolan patrick conversation a year from now yeah exactly so i guess you have islanders rangers and new jersey in the making the playoffs for two Uh, for three four five yes islanders uh rangers and new jersey yep wow so that would be uh, new jersey would be i mean they'd probably get out in the first round i don't know i so you see them as the playoff team i think they can be a fringe playoff team i think Boston could easily take that other spot. Uh, if Carey Price is remarkable, then maybe Montreal could too. I just don't think Carolina, Philadelphia, or Columbus are are good enough. Um, I, I'm really not high on Philadelphia this year. I had them seventh. I think they basically did absolutely nothing with their roster this year. Um, Claude Giroux isn't as good as he used to be. Uh, Voracek needs to have a huge bounce back year. Their defense is borderline a disaster. Um, obviously, Couturier and Simmons are really effective players, but I, I think they're going to struggle. And then Carolina and New Jersey were kind of bouncing around for me, but I ultimately put New Jersey above Carolina just because I think Hall is going to make a big difference, and I think Corey Schneider is arguably the best goalie in the world. Well, you can tell that to USA Hockey then. Yeah. <laughs> I Interesting that you're really low on Philly. I I'm not... I don't think they're amazing or anything, but I still see them as a wild card team. Just it seems a lot of stats guys really love Steve Mason, and I, I don't. I'm not. I don't think he's you know an elite goalie or anything, but some of the numbers say he's been really good. Even uh, Norverth was very good for them last year as well. And then they didn't have Goss to spare for the whole year last year. I mean, that's not going to be. Um, another like a massive addition for those extra 20 games or whatever but i think it looked like provorov has i mean has a spot on d like their their last pairing is not very good at all so if he makes a Mm -hmm. team you can make an impact um i just see them as pretty close to rangers carolina new jersey those three so i think it'll probably be like a really close race between those 
those four teams for uh, four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, I, I think I'm on this. I'm in the same page. Um, I ultimately had the Rangers there just because I think VC will help, and I think Lundqvist is still Lundqvist, but their defense needs to be better than they are on paper if they're really going to have a chance. Yeah, I I just can't see that happening. Like yeah. you can't you can't count out a Rangers team with King Henrik in net, but man, that that decor is just so depressing, especially if you look at what it could be. Could be Yandel, Strahlman, McDonough, um sure there's somebody else in there, but yeah, it's uh not looking good for them now and in the future really. Yeah, they've got probably the worst pool of prospects in the NHL as well. So yeah. they put themselves in a tough spot where they've had to go out and get guys like Hayes and VC to stay afloat. Yeah, and and like honestly, it was probably a good thing that they tried. Well, sort of tried to go for it with getting Keith Yandel and stuff like that because it seemed like they recognized that their windows closing. But I mean, the fact that they didn't really improve their defense this summer, uh, I guess that just points to. Uh, how limited their budget is and they didn't have have much room. So definitely not looking good for the Rangers. Um, I didn't put this on the outline, but I guess give me conference finals picks. Oh, um, see, I think it could be really any of those four teams, but if I were to bet, I would probably bet on Florida, Washington, uh, but oof, Pittsburgh's such a good team, top to bottom now. Um, no, I, I'd probably still stick with Florida, Washington. I think Washington is well coached. Braden Holtby is much better than Murray and Flurry will be. Um, and just Backstrom and and the piece they've added, even Larzeller. I, I thought that was a great move for them to add Larzeller. So I think yeah, Washington and Florida would probably be my picks, but. Tampa and Pittsburgh aren't close behind. Yeah, looking at it, I, I would probably say the same. And I think I, I would really want that matchup to happen just because for a few years now, I've really wanted Washington to go far. Like, I want Ovi to get that ring. Um, yeah. Like, they, they really deserve it. They, they've they had enough years of, you know, quote-unquote choking in the playoffs. And Florida, I mean, I don't know. They, they just seem like good team to cheer for but definitely florida washington is a conceivable conference finals uh i'm sure if tampa and florida do play in the second round it'll be super close and i can mm-hmm. i mean that that's probably like a push i can see either one of them winning really yeah no i agree i think florida and tampa could easily go either way um i think a washington pittsburgh series could go either way i thought Washington was going to go all the way this year and then they didn't but I think you're right as far as just being a team that has choked and and being a team that has kind of struggled to to go deep in the playoffs I think they would sort of attract a lot of fans and a lot of people that are rooting for them and I think people would love just like with San Jose this year I think people would love to see Washington go deep and see Ovechkin win a cup well I for one would just love for the idiotic narratives to stop about ov not being good enough and like ov not you know caring about like he he only cares about winning in with team russia and stuff like that i mean that's such a he obviously cares he wants to win it's not really his fault that they've had some bad balances some bad luck in the playoffs so Mm -hmm. it certainly would be nice for um 
for them to win that. And I think a lot of us last spring were cheering for a Washington-Dallas Cup final. Sadly, that didn't happen, but that would have been amazing. Yeah, I think Washington-San Jose, Washington-Dallas would have been great hockey. I don't think the broadcasters would have loved it as far as a ratings perspective goes, but I think for diehard hockey fans that yeah. e- either Dallas, Washington, or San Jose, any of those three teams meeting, um, obviously it was impossible for Dallas and San Jose to meet in the cup final, but for one of those two teams to play Washington would have been great because it would have meant we were getting uh, sort of a new Stanley Cup champion, but I think it, it was good with maybe this is the bias in me from covering Toronto for a few years, but I think it was good to see Phil go all the way as well, so I think that Pittsburgh San Jose series was was a good ending either way yeah it definitely was I just I just love seeing Kessel being able to rub it in people's faces and, <laughs> although that would have been nice for for the Sharks as well like Thornton and Marlowe um sort of the same thing getting the same treatment as Ovi but I think that that label was sort of shed even though they lost so I mean it's sort of a win-win mm-hmm I think the same could be said this year if Florida goes deep because people Longo. really, really want Wolongo to yeah, get that exactly. Stanley Cup and sort of solidify his Hockey Hall of Fame case. Well, I think his, I think people realize now like that he's just a super funny guy. I think that ship has turned around real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else on any of the other, these other teams? No, that's uh, about it. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap things up. But before we go, even though it's Senators fans listening, tell the people where they can find you online and on social media. Uh, You can find me online at a whole bunch of places. Uh, I've written for the National Post, the Toronto Sun, the Hockey News. Uh, But most of my writing is done at PPP, covering the Leafs and the Marlies and Prospects. And then I also scout and write for Future Considerations, which puts out monthly rankings and then an annual sort of 200-page draft guide ahead of the, the each NHL draft. So those are the two places that, where you can find me on a consistent basis. And then on Twitter, I'm at Scott C. Wheeler. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Scott. I hope people didn't mind listening to a Leafs fan today. <laughs> thanks for having me on. All right, thanks. Before I go, just reminding the listeners of the Cost Per Point cast that you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you want to rate or review it, that would be much appreciated. Uh, I'll be back with a few new episodes shortly, as I'll most likely have two more season previews. So make sure to keep an eye out for that on the next episode, which should be out next week. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS and read my articles at Silver7Sends, as well as my fellow writers on the site. That's all for me. I'll see you next time. Adios.